Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 286 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. When you know something is over, you know, no, let me, let me start like this. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is accept when something is over. Sometimes the hardest thing to do is wrap your brain around that. One thing that I may have been superior in, that I may have been great at, I'm just not that anymore. And this whole season has been a, for lack of a better term, coming to Jesus moment, in my opinion, for Tom Brady and uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You see, coming into the season, well, first, coming into the season, you didn't, Tom Brady was retired. And then, you know, for 40, for 40 days and 40 nights, he was retired. Then he came out of retirement and a lot of people thought that this was going to be a year where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who won a, won a Super Bowl two years ago, uh, lost the, in the playoffs last year, thought was going to was going to at least make it back to the Super Bowl. But very quickly. We're starting to realize a couple things. We're starting to realize that it, at least it seems like, it is over. It is over for Tom Brady. It is over for this team, at least this season. It is over. The, temp, the Baltimore Ravens beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-22 to 22 on Thursday. And it's not just that the Ravens won. The Ravens are a good team. They're they're better. I don't know if they're the Ravens are a hard team to gear. I don't know if they're better than their record or they they are as good as their record. And I mean that because a lot of two of those three wins, two of those three losses, they were up double digits in the fourth quarter. I think actually maybe all three of those losses. They were up double digits in the th third quarter. I mean, in the fourth quarter, and ultimately lost. They lost. Uh, it was against the Dolphins. It was against the the Bills, and I do not remember the other team. But it's not the fact that Tampa Bay lost this game at home. By the way, it's the fact of how they lost. Again. Lamar Jackson threw, you know, 27 for 38, 238 yards or 238 yards passing, two touch two passing touchdowns. Uh, ran the ball, you know, nine carries for 43 yards. Going into this season, what was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers calling card? What was Todd Bowles' calling card? It was this defense is supposed to be one of the best, if not the best defense coming into this league or in the league. You had Shaq Barrett, who it looks like he tore his ACL. I hope, you know, for a speedy recovery. More than likely, that means he's out for the season. So you had Shaq Barrett. You have Devin White. You had Levante David. You had Via Vey. You had pieces. You have pieces. And again, I, I wish for a speedy recovery for Shaq Barrett. But on Thursday, this defense that is supposed to be their calling card, where the defensive head coach and Todd Bowles got got destroyed on the ground in the second half. Gus Edwards has 65 yards rushing. Ken uh, Kenyon Drake has 62 yards. Like I said, Lamar Jackson had thirty-two or forty-three. Devin Duvernay had thirty-three with a with a carry. I mean, with a touchdown. Justice Hill had twenty-eight. And Tom Brady, it he's been. I've said this majority of the year. He looks old. 
he looks football old. He looks like now. Yes, I understand. Stats can lie. Let me not say that. Stats do not lie. Stats just don't tell the whole story. Because if you look at the stats, should be like, damn, Tom Brady threw for three hundred and twenty-five yards and a touchdown. It's pretty good. Leonard Fournette had twenty-four or nine nine carries for twenty-four yards and a touchdown. Mike Evans had six receptions for 123 yards. Chris Godwin had 73 uh, reception yards. When you look at that, it's good. It, it seems okay. It, he's still he's good, but you have to watch the games to understand that Tom Brady did not play good at all yesterday or at all on Thursday. He was inaccurate. He was. It felt like he was second guessing his decisions. There was a cup. There was about two or three balls that should have been intercepted, but they weren't. He underthrew a lot of people. He overthrew a lot of people. It just. Tom Brady is two games under five hundred from the first time in his career. And. I don't see this getting any better. The defense isn't getting any better. Hell, you just lost Shaq Barrett. I don't see the offense getting better. Leonard Fournette hasn't really been good. But I, I, I don't just, I don't know if that's as much as Leonard Fournette's fault or the fact that this offensive line really isn't that good. When you met, when you have any type of momentum, you get, you get, offensive line either has a holding call or, or there's a penalty that's on you. It, it's just, it's. It's not good, man. Julio Jones. Julio Jones looks like Jerry Rice did when he played for the Seahawks. It's just, this is not this is it. one thing that they say about football is is you have to be all in. You have to be all in or it's not going to work. This is a a, a a a brutal sport and this is a a very time sensitive sport and when you're contemplating and actually going through with a retirement and then coming back you can tell and uh, everything that's going on in Tom Brady's personal life you can tell that he's not all in now he can say he's all in but it's kind of hard being all in when you were just retired sort of and you're going through what you're going through at home. On top of all that, there's a lot of deficiencies wrong with this team. So I know Tom Brady, you know, said that there's no retirement in his future. And I don't I don't believe I think before he said that, I thought this was gonna be his last year. I I it just he has not played well in the slightest. Yeah, he racks up yards. I mean, again, 325 yards on paper. It's like, wow, that's, that's really nice. He out threw Lamar Jackson. But you can look on that. You can look at the tape. You can look or, or, or go rewatch the game. Lamar Jackson outplayed Tom Brady in every way, shape, or form. And Lamar Jackson lost his number one and two target in Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman. Like I said, I thought going into the season that this was going to be his last year, especially seeing how how he's been playing this year. But I'll say this. If he looks anywhere close to this next year, yeah, it's over with. It's over with. At least I would hope that it's over with because it, it's not working. And, and, and father time is undefeated. I know that when you look at LeBron James, you look at Tom Brady, it's like, ah, I don't know. No, father time is undefeated. When it's time, it's time. And there's no way that you can look at what we're seeing from Tom Brady and think to yourself, he's still got three or four years left in him. Unless you're Skip Bayless, there's no way you can see that. He hasn't been good. Now, Thursday's loss wasn't all on him. Like I said, the defense wasn't good. The defense was terrible, especially in the second half. And, but offensively, the, the offensive line didn't help, but mainly the off the, the 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 reason why they lost, at least offensively, was on Tom Brady. 
and let me let me let me let me switch gears to the the Baltimore Ravens. Again, I I I, I rattled off Lamar Jackson's numbers: twenty-seven for thirty-eight, three hundred two hundred and thirty-eight yards, uh, two touchdowns, uh, one to the t- the backup tight end uh, Isaiah Likely. Here, um, how do I how do I approach this? Um, Lamar Jackson is one of the best players and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I think top five. I think he's top one or two as far as the most unique quarterbacks in the league. But I fear that he has not done enough this year. This let me let me first let me put my let me let me say my uh, assumption. Let me say how I feel. I feel Lamar Jackson has done enough, more than enough, to get what he's asking for to get the fully guaranteed what I think two hundred and fifty million dollar contract. I think he's done enough. The Baltimore Ravens are not are are nothing without Lamar Jackson. We we know this. I think the Baltimore Ravens know this. The 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 system is Lamar Jackson. And if he's not having a good game, nine times out of ten they're losing. But going into the season, of course, they didn't get a deal done. He he and the Baltimore Ravens didn't get the deal done. They offered him a deal, but they didn't offer them the deal that he was asking for. And I don't think, looking at the Ravens' perspective, I don't think he's done enough to get that contract. And Thursday's win kind of confirmed that to me. Because again, Lamar Jackson is incredible, in my opinion. Lamar, like I said, he's a top five quarterback, in my opinion. But I thought going into this season, with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson not signing a deal, I thought that he would need to go above and beyond to 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 really cement himself or really convince the Baltimore Ravens that he should get that contract. And I think he's had a good year. Yes, he has not been good in the fourth quarters uh, for a couple of these games, but he's he's been he's been pretty. I mean, he he has the Baltimore Ravens number one in the AFC North or NFC North or AFC North. I'm sorry. But Thursday kind of confirmed something to me. I don't. Thursdays when. I felt to myself, this is the same old Lamar Jackson. Now, that's not bad. Trust me, again, that's not bad. I think he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But the same old Lamar Jackson didn't didn't convince the Baltimore Ravens to get him that deal. Now, I don't know if he's, he, he's going to end his career in Baltimore, but you put you know the wins and and how he looks in the wins compounded by what he looks in the fourth quarter at times and I just think I don't think he's done enough for to convince the Ravens I think everyone else thinks I mean if you ask the fan the the the, the sign that he signed on Thursday you know pay Lamar everybody feels Lamar should get paid but the Ravens let me say but the Ravens as far as get paid what you, what he's asking for I think Lamar Jackson needs to go above and beyond. And, and there's still time. Again, this is only week eight. And the Baltimore Ravens, in my opinion, a lot's going to have to go right. But they can. They, I think they are a, a Super Bowl caliber team because of Lamar Jackson. But the, the, the Sunday, oh no, Thursday didn't show me. 
Thursday showed me, damn. I just kept thinking to myself, yep, that's that's the same old Lamar. And what we saw between the first half and the second half of that game, the first half, you can tell that they tried to throw the ball. Like, you know, we're going to – I want to prove that I can throw the ball. I want to prove, and he was doing a he was doing a, a okay job. But they won the game in the second half because they went back to what they're used to, and that's pound the ball, run the ball, open open the that which opens the field out for Lamar Jackson. And I hope I would love Lamar Jackson to finish his his career in Baltimore. I mean, I'm I'm from I'm from the Maryland D.C. area. So it's either see the Washington Commanders or Baltimore Ravens. So, but I just I, it's I just keep getting same old. I just keep feeling when I watch the Ravens. Uh, that's the that's the same old Lamar Jackson. Not saying that the same old Lamar Jackson is bad. It's great, but I just don't. It doesn't feel like he's done enough. He's he's made that push to be like now. You should pay me, and I'm saying, and I'm speaking solely from the front office of the Baltimore Ravens because I think he's he's well deserved to get paid. But if you're in the front office and you think to yourself, "What has Lamar Jackson done differently than he's ever done?" Nothing. He still wins games. He wins games the way he wins games, and you know, I don't know. I. That sounds crazy. Like, it sounds like I'm hating, and I'm not. I love Lamar Jackson. I think people disrespect the hell out of Mar- Lamar Jackson. And I want to see nothing more than a, 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 somebody get paid, especially somebody as good as Lamar Jackson. But just looking from the standpoint of the organization, Brett, just what I think could happen is you can go in the you know at the end of the season it's like well whether you win a super bowl or not if you win a super bowl that's that's completely different that changes the whole thing but if you don't win a super bowl or you don't get close to a super bowl you know you go to the negotiation table and say well Lamar what what have you done that you have not done before and what have you done differently that got us to a different point you know what i mean and i don't i don't know but <laughs> With all that being said, congratulations to the Baltimore Ravens for beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Thursday night football, twenty-seven to twenty-two. Let's uh, let's move over to give my predictions for Week Eight, and I'm going to start this with the biggest news that we got out of yeah or out of Thursday, right? And that was Jamar Chase due to a hip injury, will be out four to six weeks. This is a huge blow for the 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 Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I've I've come in here and, and touted how how I believe that when they're firing on all cylinders, the Cincinnati Bengals offense is the best offense in football. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. That 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 off that offensive firepower is, in my opinion, matched maybe to the Kansas City Chiefs. But I I I outside of Travis Kelsey, I just think I think there's not a wide receiver on the Kansas City Chiefs, even though they did just get Kadarius Tony, which we'll talk about in a second. I don't think that any of those wide receivers are better than Tyler Boyd. And he's like their third option, pretty much. But losing Jamar Chase changes the dynamic of the Cincinnati Bengals. Meaning, it's not like you're losing. It doesn't matter what 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 you how you feel about the Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati, losing your number one receiver is huge. I can I don't know a team. That has lost their number one receiver mid-season and just hasn't lost a step.
one of the biggest reasons why I said that the Cincinnati Bengals offense is one of the best is predicated on how good Jamar Chase is and how people are used around Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase opens up a, a, a dimension of the offense that a lot of teams don't have, and that is a legit number one receiver. Like, think about it. Who's the number one receiver for the Giants? And I'm not even taking shots. Who's the number one receiver for the Giants? Is it Darius Slayton? Who? Who's the number one receiver for the Steelers? They have some decent receivers, but who's the number one? Is it Claypool? Is it Johnson? Who's the number one receiver for the Jets? Which they have some. Is it Mills? Is it is it Wilson? When you lose your number one receiver, especially midseason, things have to change. Now, a person that may be good enough to be number one but hasn't experienced the number one level of attention now has to be number one, which is probably going to be T. Higgins. But it, it, it takes away it takes away a bullet out of the gun. And... This is devastating for the Cincinnati Bengals. This, even though they have two really good pieces still in Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins, this offense is 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 built around the the connection between Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Everything feeds off that. How good T. Higgins is feeds off the fact that he doesn't have to worry about double teams, or you can't double team him because of. The fact of Jamar Chase is over there and Tyler Boyd is over there. Tyler Boyd is is as successful as he is because you don't have to worry about Tyler Boyd as much because you, you you're just waking up at night thinking, how do we stop Jamar Chase and Teague Higgins? I think that this now luck luckily he'll probably be back before the playoffs or or as the start of the playoffs, but this to me I can come in here and say that I was wrong about the Cincinnati Bengals as far as uh they were they even though they're four and three, that the last week's they looked like themselves last week and I did want to see how they fare moving forward. But now this is a domino effect. I think that this Jamar losing Jamar Chase now is the the AFC North is the Ravens to lose. I thought the Ravens were are going to win regardless, but now this is the Ravens division to lose and I need to see how the, how how Zach Taylor in this offense adjusts to losing a player like that. It's going to be tough and and I think that this this is a it's devastating for this team. Again, and this is no I don't want anybody getting hurt. Let me say that. I don't want anybody getting hurt. I don't wish for anybody getting hurt. I don't hope anybody gets hurt. That's crazy. But losing Jamar Chase is different than losing T. Higgins. It's different than losing Tyler Boyd. It's different than losing Joe Mixon. So Jamar Chase is one of the best wide receivers in the league. And now you're losing him for four to six weeks with a hip injury. Not to mention that, you're, it's a hip injury. And for a wide receiver who's shifty as he is, how how is his movement and mobility going to be affected moving forward, you know? So that's, I pray for a speedy recovery. And yeah, man. But let's let's give my predictions about Sunday or about the games on Sunday. At 9.30 in London, first game ever in London, <laughs> you have the Broncos at, or you have the Broncos and Jaguars, first and foremost. <laughs> oh, man. So, we've all heard about the high knees that Russell Wilson was doing. Um, you know, this week I figured it out. I fi Well, people have been saying it, but I've been in denial. But this week, I can I can honestly say I I I understand.
R- Russell, see, sometimes to be a good teammate, you just have to fit in. And that doesn't mean that you have to turn down yourself. That doesn't mean that you have to uh, not be a good player. That doesn't mean that you have to conform to anything, but you just have to fit in. Sometimes you don't need to say how you feel. A lot of times you can't say how you feel. Sometimes you don't have to be the spotlight. Sometimes you just you just roll with the team. Especially when you're in a new, when you're on a new team. I know about integrating yourself to the new team and you know you might do team dinners or or buy the team or whatever something. But it's very imperative when you are new to a situation and you're the most important player in this situation and it just seems like Russell Wilson continuously puts himself above the fray with with things that don't need to be said like why are you telling me that you did high knees for four hours or you trained for four hours on a team playing when when your team was asleep why is that information I need to know why is that information we need to know because you wanted to put it out there. Why did you want to put it out there? Because you you thought it would make yourself look good that you are Mr. Unlimited or that you um, are, are are all about getting back on the field. Bro, y'all are two and five. And there's a good chance that y'all lose this game. Now, I'll say this. If they do lose this game against the Jaguars, I'm going to pick the Broncos because I just can't give. I, I cannot. I cannot it could happen but Russell Wilson can't lose the Jaguars and the Jaguars have been okay this year but you can't lose to the Jaguars bro but if they lose this game trust and believe you're what happens now if they lose this game is you're going to start seeing wholesales. You're going to start seeing the team has to get better for the future. So I think Nathaniel Hackett's going to be out of there. Probably Jerry Judy's going to be out of there. It, it's 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 for a team that has so much prob- promise. Week nine could look drastically different than it did. Week one is crazy and and not in a good way. But I got the Broncos winning on Sunday again. I just. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's to me, which is uh, which is crazy that a Broncos Jaguars game is a pick 'em game. And the only reason why I'm picking the Broncos is because I still have a slimmer of hope that we're going to see a a classic Russell Wilson, not classic, a Russell Wilson performance that we you know, that we're used to seeing. I could I could be naive in that, but that's just how I feel. So I have the Broncos winning that. Uh, Panthers at Falcons. I, I have the Falcons. Uh, I mm, I did like what PJ Washington was doing uh, and his connection with DJ Moore and stuff. I got I got the Falcons. <laughs> I just I trust Marcus Mariota, especially with his legs and stuff, more than I trust the Panthers. I think the Panthers were running on was riding on a high. Uh, beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not to mention the, whoever wins this game is the leader or is atop the NFC South, which is crazy. Um, a team that is two and five and three and four currently. Um, but I think that they were riding a high, and I think Tampa Bay just isn't that good. The Falcons aren't that good either, but I got the Falcons. I got the Falcons. Bears at Cowboys. People keep saying that the Cowboys are on upset alert. I don't know what the hell you're thinking. I, the Cowboys defense is better than any unit that the Bears have. And the fact that the Bears just gave up uh, Raekwon's, no, just gave up Robert Quinn, which we'll talk about when we get to the Eagles prediction. I don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah, they had probably, yeah, Justin Fields probably had the best game he's had as a, as a, as a pro last week or on Monday night football against the Patriots. But I don't see like a <laughs> I don't see that happening again, especially against this defense. Uh so I have the Cowboys winning. Dolphins at Lions. 
I have the Dolphins. I just I, Tua is better than Jared Goff. Uh, I do. I will say, even though they're one in five, I do like what their offense, the 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 Lions' offense has looked like this year. Outside these last two weeks, and now if these last two weeks continue, like if they look on Sunday like they've looked these last two weeks, then I'll come in here and say I was drastically wrong, and I'm going to take back that. But I trust Tua more than I trust Jared Goff. Uh, so I have the Dolphins winning that. Cardinals at Vikings. I have the Vikings. The Vikings are a really good team. The Vikings are good defensively. They're good offensively. They have Justin Jefferson. They have Adam Thielen. They have Dalvin Cook. And it's not a primetime game, so you have Kirk Cousins. Yo, the Cardinals are not good, man. The the Cardinals are not good. I, I, I am interested to see what Robbie Anderson looks like on this team. But it's... I have the Vikings winning. And it's going to be in Minnesota. Yeah, I have the Vikings. Raiders at Saints. I have the Raiders. Just because Andy Dalton's starting. I don't know. Maybe they said that uh, Jameis Winston's healthy, but Andy Dalton's still going to get the start. Maybe they're just trying to ease him up, ease him in. But I, I, have, I have the Raiders winning. The connection between Derek Carr and Devontae Adams at least looked better last week than it's had most of the season. So hopefully they're getting that together. So I have I have the Raiders. Patriots at Jets. Now this is a tough game. That's a lot. I have the Jets. <laughs> I know you don't have Brees Hall, which is huge, but I do I am interested to see what James Robinson looks like on this team. I am able uh, the defense is still really good. Zach Wilson. Now the Patriots. Are, what is their defense? What is their offense going to look like? Honestly, uh, with Mac Jones starting back, and and it's not just. A, I'm not going to say it's a Mac Jones uh, Bailey Zappy thing. It's just this offense hasn't really looked good all year. Maybe one game, and that's the Bailey Zappy when they put like 33 on somebody head. But I, I have the Jets winning this. I think the Jets are even with with losing Bryce Brees Hall, which is huge, but getting James Robinson, which which is big. I have I have the Jets. Steelers at Eagles. Let's talk about the Eagles getting Robert Quinn. To me, when you're in the position like the Eagles are, and when I and when I say position, when you're in a position to win a champ a Super Bowl, you go all in. You see, you see teams like the Golden State Warriors. They feel like they and, and a lot of people, including myself, feel like they could be, they could repeat. So they don't mind paying five hundred million dollars over the luxury tax, signing, uh, re-signing, or extending Jordan Poole and extending uh, Andrew Wiggins. You still have Steph Curry's contract. You still have Clay Thompson's contract. You still have. Draymond Green's contract, not to mention you have Kaminga and, and James Wiseman and Moody. And you don't mind spending that money because you are you understand that ch- how much championships mean. And if you don't know, there was just a, I think a Forbes put out an article as the most profitable teams in the NBA. And number one now is, is Golden State. I think worth $7 billion. When you're, we saw this with the um, with the Rams last year, they went all in. You you get Von Miller, you have Jalen Ramsey, you have you get Odell Beckham Jr. Even though he got hurt in the Super Bowl, he was on his way to at least looks like winning Super Bowl MVP. The Eagles are in a position where they they this team is good enough to win a champion Super Bowl. And why not bolster a team with a player that, while Robert Quinn has not had the best year this year, I don't know if it's due just because of him or the fact that he was playing on the Bears, but you get one of the – I mean, I think he had like 18 sacks last year. You get one of the best pass rushers in the league on a team that already has Hassan Riddick and and Darius Slay. And it's – boy, Fletcher Cox. Like, look. This is a move that you make win now. Because I'll say this. If you don't win now, what does that say about this organization? What does that say about Jalen Hurts? What does that say about this team? You go out and get A.J. Brown, and that looks like a hit. You get Robert Quinn. You have all the names I just said. You have Devontae Smith. 
You still have uh, Miles Sanders. And, of course, like I said, Jalen Hurts. What does that say that you are currently 6-0, not saying that you're going to go undefeated? You could, but I don't know. I don't think you're going undefeated. You'll probably drop one here or there. But you, you're 6-0 currently. I have I have you winning the uh, against the Steelers, so I'm going to say 7-0. You go out and make all these moves, and you don't win? And it even what's even worse is look at the teams in the NFC East. What other team do you think, at least right now, can compete on a nightly basis, or can compete with the with the Saint? I mean, with the with the Eagles, the the what the Rams. The one team, the the one team that I think roster wise and talent wise is looking can look eye to eye with the Eagles is the Forty ers and. Even I have the Eagles because I like Jalen Hurts more than I like Jimmy Garoppolo. But with the 49ers getting Christian McCaffrey, you still have Debo Samuels, you still have all these pieces. That team and the, and the Eagles are looking eye to eye, in my opinion. I mean, Green Bay is bad. The 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 Bucks are bad. Who else? The, the Saints are bad. Like maybe the Vikings, but no roster wise, no. They Vikings maybe have really good players, but roster wise, I don't think they have the same roster as the Eagles, especially talking about defensively. So, getting Quint Robert Quinn signifies that you're going for it. You're going for it now, and and we'll just have to wait and see, you know. But I, I it'll it'll be it'll be crazy if they don't win a Super Bowl if they go let alone I, I'm not gonna say win the Super Bowl because they're still I, I don't know how they fare against the Bills or the Chiefs um or but mm, let this team not make it to the Super Bowl Whew, I don't know but on Sunday I do have them beating the Steelers so uh-huh you have the Titans at Texans yeah I have the Titans the Texans are not a good team Washington at Colts. I actually have Washington. You know, you have Sam Ellinger starting. Matt Ryan is or is over with. I knew I do understand that Sam Ellinger does pose. He's he's more of a his arm strength is a little stronger than Matt Ryan at this point. He's more he's bigger than Matt Ryan, so he may be able to take more punishment. But I have the commanders. Uh they looked good on Sun or they looked good on Sunday with uh Taylor Heineke. Now I understand. I know what Taylor Heineke looks as looks like as as you move further in the season. So we'll see. But I have the Commanders. Not to mention, hold on. Where is Chase Young? I'm just leave it at that. 49ers at Rams. I have the 49ers. Uh, I they're just a better team, and I don't like the Rams offensively at all. Even though they do have Cooper, Cooper Cup, and I don't like it. And, of course, I, I don't think that they're going to. I think that they brought Christian McCaffrey in for, like, red 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 zone situations. And he's going to get big plays, even though they don't need him for that as much. They just need him to get in the end zone, in the red zone. And I think that he'll probably play a big part uh, this Sunday, him and Debo. So I have the 49ers. Giants at. Seahawks, I have the Giants. The only reason why I have the Giants is because the Seahawks defense is still not good. The offense is good, but the Seahawks defense is not good. And when you have Saquon Barkley humming like he's humming right now, I, I have the Giants winning this one and going to 7-1, and one, which is crazy. <laughs> so Green Bay, Sunday Night Football, Green Bay will be at the Bills. Uh, and... I think this is the first time in, in Aaron Rodgers' career that he's going in as a double-digit underdog, and rightfully so. I think that this is going to get ugly. Now it could. Uh, it, I'm not going to say get ugly. I don't think I don't see the Packers winning this game. But the defense, the defense that was touted as one of, if not the best defense coming into this season, could rise up and and be better than was expected. But the Bills are going to destroy the Packers. <laughs> and Monday Night Football, we talked about the Bengals. Uh, I just think the Bengals are still going to win because I don't like what I've seen from the Browns at all. 
this entire season. It has not been good in the slightest, uh, in my opinion. So those are my predictions. Let me know what you guys think, and uh, we'll see you on Sunday So and Monday. So let's move forward. Okay. Um So the 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 Brooklyn Nets are struggling. We're going to talk about another team that's struggling a little bit later, but the Brooklyn Nets are struggling and what's being highlighted a lot is Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons currently is averaging 5.65.6 points a game. 6.2 rebounds, 6.8 assists. Um, in his last, in in every game this year, I'll just I'll just give you his point totals: seven, four, seven, six, and four. That's the entire game. That's not like a quarter or half. You know, fourteen, fourteen. Um, they've lost three straight. I think they're one and four. Yeah. Um. The issues that Brooklyn has is not all on Ben Simmons. Let me first get out get out the way. Uh, this defense is terrible. It's not. They're not good def- uh, as a defensive team at all. Uh, they are not a good rebounding team in the slightest. I think every game that they've lost, they've been out-rebounded as a team uh, and and thoroughly out-rebounded. And this team only has two players, which is Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, that can put the ball on the ground and get their own shot. Effectively get their own shot. So it's not just Ben Simmons uh, lack of offensive output that's the reason that the 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 nets are currently one and four but ben simmons lack of office offense is drastically hurting the nets and i'm gonna tell you why It's not the fact that, you know, he doesn't shoot or he doesn't make shots. It's the fact that he doesn't shoot shots. Here's the thing. Tim Legler said this, and for people that didn't uh, didn't watch it from Tim, Tim Legler, I'll reiterate it. And I'll reiterate how Ben Simmons' lack of offensive aggression is hurting this team. And you look at today's NBA, when you're a primary ball handler, right? Steph Curry's, uh, Luka Doncic. In today's game, you have to be a, you, it's okay to be a facilitator. It's okay to be a defender. But if you're going to, if you're going to, be the primary ball handler or the point guard, you have to you have to be able to you have to make the defense fear that you can get a bucket. For instance, people are going to say, well, what about Draymond Green? I'm glad you said that. Draymond Green is playing alongside the greatest shooter of all time, arguably one of the greatest shooters of all time, and Jordan Poole. Those three alone can give you 45, 50 a a night. And yes, I think Jordan Poole can give you 50 on any given night. So no, you don't have to do much. Also, Draymond Green affects the game in a lot of other ways when we talk about assisting, when we talk about defense. I just think 
for that team, he's very specific and he's very important for that team. I don't know if what Draymond Green does is able to, you know, be would be as effective if he played for I don't know, Boston. And that's a good team. Or if he played for the Raptors or something. But what Draymond Green does is efficient here on Golden State because that's just how they built the team. If you're Ben Simmons and you and you bring up the ball, or you your primary ball handler, the moments, the time that you have the ball and not doing anything with it, dribble handoffs or or just a, a pass a, a pass that doesn't lead to an assist, you're you're essentially milking the clock. So that when you do give it to your offensive weapons like a, a, a Kevin Durant, like a Kyrie Irving, they don't have as much time on the clock, so they have to put up bad shots. Because you are not an offensive threat. It's not because you can't be, because we've seen the 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 Philadelphia 76ers Ben Simmons clip going around social media where he was yamming it on people. But that Ben Simmons is not this. This Ben Simmons is hurting the team because you have you you your non-aggression is 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 it's hurting the team. It's it's putting them in a position where once Kyrie gets the ball, the once Katie gets the ball, your four or five seconds are already off the clock. Maybe even eight. And at that point, what are you doing? What offense can you run? I don't Again, it's not all on Ben Simmons. But, and here's, a, here's you know, Kyrie Irving said, you know, we he hasn't played in two years. You pretty much want to say get off his dick. Like, I, I give, him, give him a break. I know Kyrie. I know. Here's my frustration with Ben Simmons. Let me read something. I'm gonna read. A, I'm gonna read. A, uh, I'm gonna read something about Ben Simmons that I, I pulled up. Strengths and weaknesses. Strength. Physical specimen. Strength. Ball handling. Strength. Ability to see the floor to get good assists. Strength, able to use his physical ability to get to the rim with ease, with physical ability in parentheses, height and speed. I agree with all those strengths. Those are all Ben Simmons. Strength has the ability to control the game with his physical attributes. I, I agree with that. Weaknesses. Lack of shooting. Inconsistent shooting. Those are two. Can can seem disinterested and mentally go in and out of games. Reluctant to shoot. Can can be standoffish to teammates. All that is Ben Simmons, right? All that is Ben Simmons right now. The Ben Simmons that we've seen. All that is Ben Simmons right now. The problem is, that is his college scouting report. His college scouting report. The same Ben Simmons that we saw in college is the same Ben Simmons that we're seeing now. It's just he's not playing in the league. He's not playing with that good play, or he's not playing against that good player, so he's not going to shine. Like <laughs> Now, yes, I understand that he was an all-star in Philly and everything, but this isn't Philly. 
This is now. And now Ben Simmons is not. It's, let me see something. In Philadelphia, regular season averages. He averaged 15.8, 16.9, 16.4, 14.3, and now he's currently averaging 5.6. So, of course, those are all-star numbers, but what are – if I know I'm not good at something, and I know that, like, my job – like, my livelihood depends on it, I'm going to practice that. It's not the fact that – He's reluctant to shoot and can't shoot. Nobody's upset that he can't shoot. What they're upset is the fact is you have not been able to shoot since college. And you still, like, what are you working on, bro? What are you working on? Yo. I just, just, man. Ben Simmons ain't that good, bro. And and I, 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 man. And I'm not going to say he's not that good. That's disrespectful to his skills. But Ben Simmons should be a lot better than he is. With the physical traits that he has, he should be a lot better. And it just doesn't seem like he will ever get there. Let's move forward. Before we go, because I was going to talk about Alabama, but we know they're making the college football playoffs. I don't know if people remember. You can go back and look. Appreciate if you subscribe to the popular podcast, uh, YouTube channel. I said I I had a dark horse. You know, I I gave my dark dark horse predictions about who would make it to the NBA finals. And I said it would be the Philadelphia 76ers and the Denver Denver Nuggets. And I also had Joel Embiid winning my or uh, winning the MVP. With that being said, <laughs> with a few games in, I can honestly say I think that the Philadelphia 76ers have been the most disappointing team in the league so far. Currently sitting at one and four. When you look at this team, this team has absolutely no cohesion. It's either James Harden taking the ball, dribbling, trying to get his trying to get trying to get his points or okay, I take my now now Tyrese Maxey, let's take his let's you take turns. Joel Embiid doesn't look like he came into came into this came into to, to the to this season in basketball shape. Not saying he's overweight, but conditioning. He half the, some of the times he gets past half court. Some of the times he doesn't. Defensively, this team has been horrible. And the thing that then one of the biggest reasons why I said that this is the one of the most biggest disappointments is because a lot of the things a new team struggles with, they struggle with cohesion. You know, learning each other and and figuring out what they're gonna do and and. Learning where Joel Embiid likes the ball, so James Harden get him, or learning where James Harden's going to be, and or, or having that chemistry, having that symmetry, symmetry with each other. That's what new teams struggle with, which they're struggling with. The problem is, this is not a new team. They, they, they were here last year. Yeah, you get P.J. Tucker, but P.J. Tucker isn't changing, doesn't change the complete dynamics of this team. Like, what the hell is going on with Tobias Harris? What the hell is going on with Matisse Thimel, who's played like five minutes this entire season? Ben Sin- James Harden's getting his numbers, but they don't. Again, numbers do not tell the whole story. This Philadelphia team looks bad. Now, of course, you can turn around. There's only five games in, but defensively, Joel Embiid looks disinterested. Offensively, he looks disinterested. James Harden looks like he's on a mission to get his... And Tyrese Maxey is just like, hey, I mean, I'll get mine when I get mine. It just, it just feels like three good players on a team or three good players playing together. And Joel B is just like, he just seems disinterested. 
again, I, and I said that this is one of the biggest disappointments. Uh, yes, they can change around. They can turn around. I mean, it's still early. It's hella early in the season. Only five games. But from what I've seen, boy, <laughs> it's, it's going to be a lot. Because, I mean, think about it. <sighs> Who on this team... I'm looking at this team now. Jesus Christ, man. And I look at this team. Before the season, this looked like, I mean, Joel Embiid, uh, James Harden, Montrez Harold and his energy, Tobias Harris, Daniel House, Korkmaz, Tyrese Maxey, DeAnthony Melton, Shake Milton, George Niang, Paul Reed. Matisse Thibault, with PJ Tucker like that sounds like oh those are those are pretty good that's that's a pretty good pl- players but this team I don't know if it's good I mean I'm sure if anybody's gonna fall on the sword and if, if this isn't as a successful season as you hope you know Doc Rivers is out of there but this hasn't been good in the slightest man they have been my most disappointing team so far and it's not even close Again, I had this team going to the suit well as a sleeper team to go to the championship. And I had Joel Embiid as my MVP for finishing runner up last two years. But the way that they playing. Mm-mm, I don't see it, man. At all. And there you have it. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want to pop the podcast shirt, shirt, sweaty, hooded. Whoa. <laughs> if you want to pop the podcast shirt, sweater, hoodie, joggers, the link in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Go get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to every listening. Please subscribe to every watching. It definitely, definitely mean a lot to me. And until next time, much love. Slam. Used to sleep on the floor with a kill jet. Got a bag I can't bag yet because it's still wet. Reaper man, I pay him a visit, ain't paid his bills yet. Brain hemorrhage, blunt force trauma, I make him feel that. I rap and seal that. Send out the bricks that had the Nike swoop stamps, I'm just doing it for the camp. Showed him to the plug, now he's shopping behind my back. Uh, one thing about that karma, she coming back. If you trapping, keep a strap close. Nowadays, this became a trend and snake your homies out because everybody back though, but everybody black though. I let the fiends catch a beam. You to vomit off the secondhand crack smoke. Got that PTSD from testing the key. Guns numb. Hope I didn't purchase work from the FEDs. Cause every time I see the judge, it's like a scary movie. The court real n- can't do no jury duty. Internet and alter this sh- do a different game now. I don't rap about dead ops, I let his name now. Shame how they black ball came, they scratch my name out. I pushed it longer than I expected to get my name hot. They wanna take me out this game like Shikari, black Illuminati, touch big rabbit streets, need a body. I got all of them leeches away from round me. You ain't rich enough to get me hit, go up the bounty, uh. Spit some cheese, chop a scene. Brew them up, pet them, hugging them EMTs. Turn the witness to Stevie Wonder, you ain't seen. Young is on the man, don't slide, this routine. Delta 88 with a cool knot in my tube socks. Now I push the goons through the boondocks and the coontops. Penthouse in the city, my bops giving me rooftop. Told them free my G weed up, let the whoops out. You feel my energy, they gon' remember me. Ain't never had a friend like me, your enemy, my enemy. Lambo crashed the whip and got placed in both shoulders. If he didn't live through that accident, this could've been over, yeah. They wanna take me out this game like Shikari, Black Illuminati, Afghan doggy, straight off the poppy. I ain't trust him at the dust him like Christopher Maltasani. And it hurt my heart to hurt you, but streets need a body, yeah. I don't help these get a hobby. She ain't working and you ain't got a wifey, you got a Tommy, yeah. I got all of them leeches away from Rami. Bulletproof to escalate, I got iron like Robert Downey, yeah. Uh. Triple S exercise. Okay. Kiss! <laughs> It's what we do. I don't do the chrome heart, I just do the home art. You can catch a headshot or you can catch a dome dart. Go ahead and put the kids to sleep, this the grown part. But we knew what Billboard was, we had our own chart. Strapped and they pull a car over, you take your own charge. I ain't never worked for nobody, I sold my own heart. Smoke a fat one in the back, right in my own yard. Playing dominoes with my man, he in the boneyard. Now I can pay for the jet, right on my own card. Niggas trying to go man on me, men in zone guard, hand in hand with it. I ain't never played a phone guard, calisthenics. 
and cardio. Just trying to tone guards. Your man got the semi, but he ain't popping. My youngin' got the bricks and the hemi, and he ain't stopping. Little extra in the beginning to get him copping. He ain't worried, cause if they get him, I get him cockering. He know not to with them. They get them hot then. Stay low, finish the work, he get a drop in. They just wanna be around money, but they are not friends. Until you fall back from them, that's where the plot ends. I've been repping the apple since it was rotten. When you a golden, you can never be forgotten. They gotta ram it, you don't never let the cops in. I can have your funeral in the top ten. A lot of are nice, but they are not him. There's really nothing that you can do to stop him. Call him the God MC, just like rock him. And he done took some L's, but yeah, he got wins. Win.